Craig here on the third floor. Guys, we got something special today. Um, periodically, uh, listeners will send in, you know, email messages and thoughts. And uh, one of our listeners, uh, a gentleman named Joshua McAaron, um, has been kind of chatting with me. Uh, and uh, he had some, I think, unique thoughts on the multi-master and hiring of masters discussion. And uh, he put them down in audio for us is, um, you know, after listening to the expert roundtable, which he got early as a Patreon. And um, I've heard I mean, if you listen to the show, you've heard multiple arguments for multi-master and multiple arguments against hiring masters um, on the most recent roundtable two with uh, uh, Cody, Robert and uh, Roman. Yeah, they made a strong case, I think, uh, for allowing the hiring of masters or not playing in the singles format from gaining ground zero. And uh, Joshua said in his thoughts, and I got to say that there were some unique um, perspectives here, uh, arguments I had not heard yet. Um, so this is going to be a bonus episode. Um, I'm going to share with you Joshua's thoughts, and um, we'll add that to uh, the discussion. Um, uh, we'll catch you uh, before the break. Enjoy. strategy game allows you to unplug and test your skills against friends. Every week, Third Floor Wars delivers useful strategies, discussions, battle reports, and reviews to tabletop games like Malifaux. If you want to get better at the games you already play, or discover the games other people are playing, you are in the right place. Craig and Ray welcome you to the third floor and the Tabletop Talk broadcast. Hey, Craig. It's Joshua. I really enjoyed the roundtable. And there was one thing that really felt like it was missing from the discussion on multiple masters. Now, I was surprised at how much I did not disagree with what the guests were saying because they pretty much all basically said, Multiple masters is fine. It hasn't been a problem. There are problems with it, but those can be addressed by changing costs or maybe tweaking abilities. And basically, it's probably fine. I kind of feel like the undertone was, well, Weird didn't ban it, and so we're not going to ban it. And that's not actually how I feel, but I really respect that standpoint. The one thing that I really didn't hear being mentioned was the resilience of masters. And I really think that's what pushes it over the edge for me. <clears throat> masters are not simply 16 stone beaters. At least the ones that are worth taking have built in healing. They have armor, they have incorporeal, they have terrifying, they have, you know, some kind of thing to protect them. They've got good defensive stats. They've got lots of wounds. And the nature of the game is that taking damage is not bad by itself. Only taking lethal damage is bad. If I take two eight-stone models, chances are, if they have game-warping effects, chances are they're probably enforcers, because you, you tend to get more bang for your buck with enforcers, because they are more vulnerable, and they can't use soul stones. But I can kill those enforcers. I can say, okay, this is a problem for my game plan. I'm just going to kill it. And maybe I'm going to sacrifice a lot to kill it, but it's going to happen. With a master, with a second master, when I'm seeing something like McMorning, 
Seamus or Kirai, it's like, well, I might be able to kill it. But there's a very real chance that I could try and fail. There's a very real chance that they could get down to one wound and then run away or heal up. Morning can totally heal like 8 to 10 damage in one turn if he has a good turn. It's not, not crazy at all. Maybe on a keyword a little bit less likely, but I mean, he- healing six is almost not even really that difficult. Kirai has protected, Seamus has his jump, and he is terrifying, he is hard to kill. Like, there's a lot of things that can go wrong when you're trying to kill a master. And due to the nature of how masters are designed, they also are very hard to ignore a good amount of the time. Howdy friends, Craig here. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back from the break, we'll hear more about uh, Joshua's thoughts on making the case for why we should not allow master hiring, or at least what we should be thinking about as part of that discussion. Uh, We'll be back after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys and girls, ladies and gents, I'm Kevin Smith, I'm the Southwest boy living in the southeast of the UK. I contribute $18, or £13 a month to Third Floor Wars. And why? Well, I work 50 hours a week as a supermarket manager, have three children, so in my spare time, I just want to play foe. And if I can't do that, the next best thing is listening to the Third Floor Wars podcast. Not only do I hear about what I play, and the gaps in my knowledge, but I also hear about all of the cruising tactics that I need to beat and often how they've even performed in recent tournament reports. The online store has some great merchandise, including t-shirts and mugs to buy now to show your support. You should be a Patreon too. So pause this episode and go to patreon.com and search for Third Floor Wars, or grab the link in the show notes. I think that if you commit to killing a master and you get that master down to one wound and then they either run away or heal and are still able to be effective on the table, you should be losing that game. It takes enough effort to find out whether or not you can kill a master that your opponent should be able to capitalize on that and punish you for trying to kill their master. And that should work. Like, it's an AP game. You know, you just wasted maybe maybe 5 to 10 AP finding out what was going to happen. And that's that's a lot when you only have, you know, 80. That's really a lot more than that. Still. And then I think the, the logical follow-up of that is that I believe that it's going to get really, really tiring to see certain models every time you play a certain keyword. Now, that already exists, right? Like, Rasputina players are probably super sick of seeing Blow It to Hell show up every time. Like, whoa, I wonder where that came from. And at the same time, like... How much worse is it if every time you play Karis, you gotta you gotta deal with Molly if you're playing Resurrectionist? It's like just removing all your pyre markers, drawing two cards each time. Uh, <clears throat> McMorning, like into Hoffman, 
You know, it's just such a, like, you know he's bringing armor. That's what he does. That's what his crew has. And McMorning's so good against a variety of things. I don't even think it's worth, like, building some kind of weird crew that doesn't have any armor in it just so that you can give the finger to McMorning. Like, he's just good by himself. He's happy to kill stuff that doesn't have armor, too. I think that the game is, in many ways, most interesting when the incentive is to take things in your keyword. And I think that's why we all talk about the keyword system is great. It gives you a lot of benefits and advantages for playing a themey crew, but it doesn't tie your hands and say, you can't play anything but this theme. I think that allowing second masters, unless, I mean, okay, if they were all 100% appropriately costed, then I'm sure it would be fine. And I'm not sure that some of these abilities can be appropriately costed. Yeah, that's... It's like when you take Zerada with Dreamer and on turn three, you have 15 cards out of your deck and they're all low cards and you cycle your hand and your opponent's hand or you, you, you use your entire hand and then get a new hand and your, your cards are, you're just drawing 12 cards. You're both drawing 12 cards, but one is not like the other. Like that ability can't really be valued very easily because it's not really that good with anybody but Dreamer. I mean, well, it's still good, but like it's not the same with anybody but Dreamer. Ugh. It's a it's a I, it's a very complicated topic, and I understand why people struggle over it. But it's just my two cents. I didn't feel anybody was talking about how risky. I think it's like this game is a risk management game, and masters are often just too risky to attack. Maybe if you built your, your crew a very specific way, but I don't know. Anyway, thanks for listening. Be sure to check out our shop on thirdfloorwars.com for the latest gaming apparel and gear. While you're there, check out how the USFO Tour is shaping up. How does your conference compare to the others in the United States? Where do you rank nationally? Get those models built, painted, and on the table so we can see you at the U.S. Masters Invitational in October of 2020. Also, rate and write a review on this podcast for us. It really helps us find people almost as cool as you are. Thanks for listening. Howdy friend, Craig here. Is this episode making you realize you need to buy some models? Gadzooks Gaming is my favorite online retailer because of their large selection, killer prices, and great customer service. Don't you hate buying an entire crew box when you only need one model? Gadzooks sells crew box models individually and saves you a ton of money. They even have free shipping to the U.S. and Canada if you spend $100 or more. Swing by gadzooksgaming.com and make sure you tell them Craig from the third floor sent you. All the details are in the show notes.